how the Lord uh, made me, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. But, uh, you know, I'm grateful that, you know, the Lord doesn't need another Brother Taylor. He doesn't need another Brother Miles. He already has men like that, but uh, he just needs someone like a, like a Brother Cisco who's willing or a Brother Dawson, you know, or just, uh, just someone who's willing to do something for him, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, again, Brother uh, Dawson had mentioned it. Thank you to uh, Bible Holiness as well. Um, you know, many times as students, we fail to realize uh, how much work is put into not just the church, but the school as well. You know, we come to a, a clean church. We come to a clean school. And uh, even throughout the summertime, the, the ministry that uh, this church does, the impact that it has right here in the Yale Show, I'm, I'm thankful for you guys. And you guys are, um, you've been a blessing to not just me, but countless students throughout the years. And I'm thankful for you guys' willingness. And again, thank you to uh, Brother Taylor. Uh, funny story about uh, Brother Taylor. Um, probably shouldn't start with that, but that's <laughs> uh, probably going to be the last time I'm going to preach here. But uh... No, but I remember it was my first semester. Uh, Brother Taylor had asked if uh, me and a couple of the young men could uh, go and uh, chop some wood and help him and bring it back to the school. And uh, I said, miss an opportunity to work with Brother Taylor. No, I'm, I'm going to take it. Brother Taylor, if my wedding day was on that day, I probably would have canceled it just to work with you, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I think I just shot myself in the foot, but it's all right. <laughs> but that's not even the funniest part, you know. <laughs> But uh, um, I, was, I was grateful for the opportunity, so we went, we worked, and it, it was fun, you know, working with Brother Taylor. He, he can work. If you want to be put to work, Brother Taylor, uh, Brother Miles, they'll, they'll put you to work. And so uh, we were out there, we were chopping wood all day, and, um, and we got the truck loaded up and uh, just about ready to go. And Brother Taylor comes up to us, and he says, man, y'all some, some hard-working boys. He goes, yeah, he goes, we, we ought to get you some girlfriends, you know. <laughs> Again, not the funniest part, but <laughs> but he said, yeah, you know, we're going to have to get some girls, though, that can't really see because y'all some ugly boys. <laughs> oh, Brother Taylor, I love and appreciate you, and that was my exposure to, uh, to Brother Taylor's sense of humor. Oh, man. Laughter doeth good like a medicine, amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, say amen if you're saved. Amen. amen. Say amen if you're on your way to heaven. Amen. If you couldn't say amen to that wholeheartedly, you can tonight. You can come in contact with the Savior that's here. Felt his presence here already, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, Brother Kenny uh, testified about yesterday, just, uh, just the way that the Lord visited the boys' dorm. Uh, this morning, we had a morning devotion, and as I was praying, it's almost like you can still feel the residue that was left over from, from yesterday. You know, the presence of the Lord was still there, but I'm just glad to know that you know, the Lord, he doesn't work with what he gave you yesterday. He gives you something fresh today, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. Um, if we can, um, if we can stand for the reading of God's word, I'll be taking my text out of uh, two portions of scripture. Uh, the first one is Revelation, chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. And then the second will be Numbers 23, 19 and 21. Amen. Again, thank you for this opportunity. Revelation chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the church, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And if you would, turn to uh, Numbers 23, verses 19 through 21. And again, this is uh, Balaam. He was, uh, he, was a, he was a paganistic worshiper. He was called by Balak uh, to curse Israel. And these are the words that he says. Verse 19 through 21. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, 
and the shout of a king is among them. And the shout of a king is among them. You can be seated. Does anyone know what, uh, what today is or the significance of today? All right, so we're not really excited for that. It's all good. Uh, I'm not either, you know, is it? But is anyone excited about what happened today? No. I'm not either. I know I'm from California. Uh, I don't vote that way, though. I may live in California, but California don't live in me, you know, so. But uh, many of us today, we're probably saying, Lord, do you not know what's going on? Lord, do you not know the plans that they have for our country? Lord, this is not who we wanted to run. Lord, do you know what you're doing? 1.1 million abortions worldwide within the first 10 days of 2021. 1.1 million abortions within the first 10 days. Lord, do you not see what's going on? Lord, do you not hear the cries of your people, Lord? Lord, I've been praying for my lost loved ones for so long now, Lord. It seems hopeless, God. Can you not hear my prayers, Lord? Lord, I've been addicted to drugs and alcohol, Lord. It almost seems like there's no way out. Lord, Lord, after revival like we've had with Brother Matt Jones, the devil's already attacking me, Lord. Do you not see what's going on, Lord? Can you not hear my cry? Jesus, there's a storm outside. We're going to perish. Lord, do you not see what's going on? Lord, do you not hear the cry of your people? There's a song that I believe the Bolin family sings. It says, because you've prayed all night, because you've held on with all of your might, child, your cries have awoken the master. Oh, he knows your voice. Lift your hands. It's time to rejoice. Child, your cries have awoken the master. And if the Lord will help me tonight, I want to preach on one simple thought is, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Pray with me tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In your precious holy name we pray, Jesus. Amen. I got three points tonight. The first one is, can you hear his soft and tender call? The second is, devil, can you hear me? And then the third one is, heaven will hear me. First one, can you hear his soft and tender call? The year is 1886. On a Sunday afternoon, Chicago White Stockings outfielder Billy Sunday and some of his teammates were out in town. As they were walking, they stopped to listen to some preaching and singing from the Pacific Garden Mission ministry team. Recognizing that some of the hymns that uh, were sung were some that his mother sang to him as a boy, Billy Sunday was attracted and began to attend the services and eventually committed his life to Christ. We go on and we know the story. Billy Sunday went to become one of the greatest evangelists that America had ever seen. It said there was roughly about 300,000 people that were saved under Billy Sunday's ministry. But it all began when he heard the soft and tender call of the Savior. We can read in 1 Samuel chapter 3, the Lord is calling for Samuel. When God calls his name, he wakes up and runs to Eli thinking that it was him. By the third time, Eli realizes what's going on and he says, I perceive that it is the Lord. Go and lie back down. But if he calls again, say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Samuel goes and he lies back down. And again, the Lord calls him a fourth time, Samuel. Samuel. This time Samuel recognizes and responds, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. We can read on and see that Samuel becomes a great prophet for the Lord. And it began when he listened to the voice of the master. We we have examples in the New Testament where Christ is calling for his disciples. He calls for Andrew and Peter as they were fishing to follow him. And the Bible says that straightway that they left and began to follow after him. Again, he did it with, John's and, with uh, John and James. He found them when they were mending their nets. And as he calls them, they said they, the Bible says they immediately dropped their nets and began to follow him. They obeyed the voice of the master. But it's sad to read the stories of those that had the opportunity to listen and they chose not to. We can read in Matthew 19, verses 16 to 24, about the rich young ruler. It's interesting, in, in my study Bible, they, uh, I mean, in, you know, in uh, 
you know, regular Bibles, they have, you know, the title above the portion of Scripture and, and what the story, what the portion of Scripture is talking about. And I, I love my study Bible because it really breaks down uh, the Scripture. But the title that they had over this portion was not just the rich young ruler, but it said a sorrowful young man. A sorrowful young man. He tells Christ, I have kept all the commandments since my youth. What do I lack? And Christ says, sell all that you have to the poor. And the Bible says that he walked away sorrowfully. You see, the Lord began to deal with an area of his life. And if he would have listened, could have changed the trajectory of his life. But he refused because he couldn't let it go. Again, we, we see another portion of scripture in Acts 26, verses 12 to 28. Paul is giving his personal testimony in front of, in front of uh, King Agrippa. He's telling them all that Christ has done in, in his life and the Holy Ghost is beginning to deal with him. Brother Seth, I was thinking about how your, 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 uh, your manager came up to you and, and was, you know, was asking for, for prayer. It never would have happened, I believe, that if you weren't filled with the Holy Ghost and began to be used by him. And uh, we'll continue to pray for your manager. But we can see here King Agrippa, I believe, is being dealt by the Holy Ghost. And I believe that King Agrippa could begin to hear that soft and tender call from the Savior as Paul is testifying, as Paul is, is telling him all that the Lord has done for him, where he's brought him out of, how he's transformed his life. But King Agrippa goes on to say those heart-wrenching words, Paul, thou almost persuadest me to be a Christian. Paul, almost, almost when we stand before God, will be in eternity too late. Brother Dathan said in class that when we walk away from the calling of God, uh, you will end up living in ministry or in misery. And if I can add to that, it's not just when you walk away from the calling of God into ministry, but also when you walk away from when God's dealing with your heart, maybe when if it's to come to the altar, maybe it's to give something up, to give your life to him. You walk away from the voice of God, you will find yourself living in misery and sorrow. I can recall a woman in our church, Sister Joanne. My pastor remembers that uh, when she came to church, she came to church uh, drunk and out of control. As she was sitting there, the Holy Ghost began to deal with her. And even in her drunken state, she knew that she needed to get to the altar. I don't quite remember what was preached that night, but I remember what happened when she, be when she went to the altar. Uh, they began to pray for her. She began to roll all over the ground. And, and uh, the power of God began to fall on top of her, began to cleanse her. And you know what? She walked in a drunk, bound by alcohol, bound by the spirit of addiction. But when she walked away from the altar, she walked away sober, saved, and set free. She heard and responded to the voice of the master. There's another man in our church by the name of Brother Dave Rico. Uh, I love talking to him. He's, uh, uh, he's one of, the, uh, one of our, our deacons. And if you ever just want to be encouraged, you talk to Brother Dave. Uh, I remember last semester, I'd call them. We were on the phone about 45 minutes just talking about the good things of the Lord. I was telling him all the, what the Lord was doing back here in school. He was telling me all uh, what the Lord was doing back in church. And it was encouraging. But if you know his testimony, uh, you, I mean, you, you would rejoice. He was a drug addict. It was costing him his 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 uh, his family. It was costing him his his uh, his wife, his his daughter. His, I believe they're on the verge of losing the house. And the brother Dave will testify. He said he was at rock bottom. He was at the he, was, he almost toward the end of his life. He would say, and uh, he was walking the streets of Ramona. But he heard a voice call out for him, and he recognized it. And as he turned around, it was my pastor. My pastor uh, began to minister to him, and he knew Brother Dave because uh, Brother Dave's brother went to our church as well, and was saved there. And Brother Dave began to come to church, gave his life to the Lord, and, and you know, you look at him now, it's a complete transformation. Why? Because he heard the voice of the Savior. I can recall a moment in my life during decision days. It was my first decision days, and uh, we were getting ready to close. It was the last two services, but it was Sunday morning. Brother Snow got up to preach about forgiveness. He was preaching about Corey Tinboo on how she had to forgive, and and I had heard many messages on forgiveness before, but that morning, the Lord really began to deal with my heart. There were still things that I was holding on to. Uh, my father had left when I was about a year old, and this was a pastor's son, someone who was raised in church, someone who knew right to do right, but he still walked away, and my mom ended up getting remarried, and she remarried a man who was an alcoholic, and he was abusive. There were times when my sister would wait outside uh, after school because we were afraid to walk into the house when we were alone with him. There'd be times I'd walk out of my room and I'd see him punch my mom in the face. I can recall a moment in time that my sister did something that she wasn't supposed to. And he began to fill the tub with water and begin to grab her as a little girl and begin to dunk her under the water and hold her there. You can only imagine the scar that that would leave behind and what the devil. But I'm so glad to know that what the devil meant for evil, that God can change for good. 
But I remember I was sitting there right here in the front pew and Brother Snow began to preach about forgiveness. Lord began to deal with my heart. And it was amazing just how Brother Mike preached it last, uh, last Sunday that when you build a foundation on a decaying house, it ain't going to stand for long. And I felt to realize that there was some hatred and some anger and then some bitterness that was causing some decay in my life. But I remember when he called for the altar call, I came right here and I got on both of my knees. I threw my hands up and I said, Lord, I can't hold on to this anymore. Lord, speak to me and do the work that only you can do. And when I got up from that altar, I walked away a free man. Why? Because there was a transformation that happens when you come in contact with Christ. The devil has lied to you enough telling you that God will not hear your cry. But Christ hears you. You may feel like this is the end for you, but don't give up and don't turn away. The devil has told you that you've gone too far, but there is no pit that God cannot bring you out of. Christ is calling, come home, come home. Ye who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. There is still hope. The thief on the cross experienced that firsthand. Brother Taylor described last Sunday just how bad a Roman crucifixion was. It was a painful death. By hanging on the cross, it puts pressure on your chest to where you can't talk, let alone breathe. And I could see the thief on the cross, with all the strength that he had left, begin to pull himself up and say, Lord, remember me when thou enter into your kingdom. And the Lord, in those final moments of the thief's life, said, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, there is a transformation that happens when you come in contact with Christ. Before you knew him, you you had no authority over the enemy. You had no power over him. You were a slave to sin with no weapon in your arsenal. But I remember Brother Shelton testified my freshman year in class about when he accepted the Lord. He said, when I asked the Lord into my dark heart, I had a blood transfusion. But it was a royal blood. You know, it's time to remind the devil who you were and what flows through your veins. You were once a slave to sin, but now you are a child of the king. Devil, I had no authority then, but I do now. I am royalty and my king will fight my battles. Devil, I have been washed in the blood and you cannot cross the bloodline. When the devil had you, he saw someone who was hopeless and defeated who bared the scars of sin. But after you had been washed in the blood, the devil is reminded of his defeat because he cannot look past the cross. He cannot pass the bloodline. And you can tell the devil today devil there is a transfer of power in the book of numbers chapters 22 to 24 you can read of Balak who was the king of Moab at at that time when he saw the Israelites setting up camp fear came upon him because he knew about the victory that they had over the Ammonites so he called to Balaam to curse Israel as I was reading in numbers chapter 2 verse 2 the Bible says every man of the children of Israel shall pitch by his own standard with the end sign of their father's house far off about the tabernacle of the congregation shall they pitch you see an ensign was a flag with an insignia or color scheme to represent uh, who your father was or what tribe you came from Balak when he saw the multitude of Israel setting up the camp yes he saw the banners yes he saw the colors yes he saw the number of them that were great but there is one thing that stood out the most you see God had a specific arrangement on how the Israelites were to set up their camp three tribes to the north Three to the south, three to the west, and three to the east. I believe it was uh, Judah who had the biggest camp out of all of them. Historians and archaeologists have said that because of this unique formation that the camp made a certain shape. And when the enemy of Israel came to scout them out, they said this is possibly what Balak began to look at when he saw the Israelites in the valley of Moab. Those that have been numbered in Israel were found in the camp, but those that have been washed in the blood of Christ have been found in the shadow of the cross. You have been washed in the blood. You have been adopted into the royal family. You have an authority over the enemy. If you really want to remind the enemy the authority that you have, sing. If you really want the enemy to fear you, sing. If you are going through a battle right now, lift your hands and sing praises unto God. Praises unto God is a sweet sound in his ear. But praises unto God in the middle of a battle will cause the enemy to fear. Brother Cisco, it's, it's too hard and I can't find the strength to praise him. You can read in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, you read the story of the children of Moab and the children of Ammon coming against King Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was fearful. He was fearing the enemy that was coming against him. But he set a fast throughout the kingdom, and they began to seek the guidance from the Lord. The Lord spoke and said, Ye shall not fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord. What happened next was nothing short of a miracle. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. 
And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. In other words, he sent the singers out first. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon and Moab. Their praise was what was needed to win the battle. Devil, this is how I fight my battles. There is power and authority in your praise. I remember last year when our governor uh, passed the law that singing was prohibited in, in our churches. People were texting me, did you see the law that was just passed? I said, yeah, I just saw. They said, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. But I remember that next service, my youth pastor got up to lead a song service. I don't know all that he had said, but I knew that he had mentioned the law that was just passed. Again, my church is not known for having a lot of great singers. There's a few. I'm not one of them. But that song service, it was not an ordinary worship. It was not an ordinary praise. As we began to get up, it was one of the most beautiful sounds that I've ever heard come out of my church. Why? Because each and every one of us were, were there for, with one purpose, with one mind, with one accord, that we're going to worship the Lord no matter what. When Jehoshaphat sent the singers out, I believe they all went in one mind and one accord. We will lift up the name of God no matter what. You may look over the horizon and you may see the enemy coming against us. I don't know what tomorrow may hold. I don't know how America is going to look like next week. But I believe that if we as a body of believers would get together and lift up the name that is above every name, that if we lift up the name of Christ, that we cannot lose and we cannot be defeated. Brother Ken, if you'd like to come up to the, <clears throat> to the piano. But the best is yet to come. There will be a day when our praises and our worship shall ring through heaven. My pastor's wife got up to lead songs one day and began to testify before she sang the song, Redeemed. She said that one day when that heavenly choir gets up to sing, she said she's going to push away toward the front and tell the angels, move aside. It's my turn to worship him. I have a song that the angels cannot sing, and it is the song of the redeemed. In concluding the night, we ain't in heaven yet, and I'm looking forward to that day. I'm looking forward to that day when we can sing around the throne eternal. But there's still some fighting left that we have to do in order, in order to make it. I remember we were having prayer bands last semester, and the Lord began to move in just about every prayer band. As I was walking the halls, many of the classes were canceled because of the way that the Lord was moving. One of the freshmen asked, where was my class at? I remember Brother Dathan had moved the freshman class to one of the back rooms. <clears throat> and as we pointed in the direction that she needed to go, I could hear the freshman class singing. And I realized that if she would follow where the singing was coming from, she would know where she needed to go. If we may all stand here tonight. You may be here tonight lost and undone without Christ as your Savior. You may be bound by an addiction, bound by sin, bound by depression, bitterness, worry. Will you not hear and obey the soft and tender call of the Savior? Come, come unto me. You come and you begin to lift up the name of Christ. You may have come here defeated. But you can leave singing and rejoicing in the Lord. You may be here tonight and the enemy has caused fear and panic and worry to plague your mind. But you remind the devil that he is a defeated foe. You begin to sing and praise God and see the salvation of the Lord. Devil, this is how I fight my battles. If we can all come and find a place to pray.
may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I find my battles. 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 This is how I fight 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 my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I get my breakthrough. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. 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 And this is how I get my breakthrough. 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 And this is how I get my breakthrough. 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 It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded.